0: You are listening to audio from the Creek Church. If you would like more information about the Creek, please be sure to visit our website at thecreekfw.com. It is good to see y'all rowdy tonight. I like that. So it's a fun, it's gonna be a fun weekend. It's a rowdy service going on in here. Here uh, goes, alive. I like it. You're gonna get the extra hour of sleep that we might lose this weekend. I can't stand this weekend. Uh, I like fallback, I like sleeping that extra hour. I don't like when it gets taken away from me. Because the older I get, it's harder to recover from that. So I'm glad you're here. Thanks for joining us online. Uh, if you're watching us online, let me, let me say something. If you're, if you're watching at home for health reasons, we're praying for you. But if you're watching from home out of habit, we're praying for you to come back home. And so we love you. We got room in the house for you, and we're ready to, ready to get... We got a hug waiting on you. And so can we just welcome everybody online and just let them know. We love you. We love you. We love you. We are... We are adding services at Easter to help people feel more comfortable, and so we're, we're looking at ways and, uh, to create more room around here. Uh, and, and we need to do that even in the midst of the flooding that happened, because we hope construction's going to start on that, and we'll be done in the next four to six weeks. and um, that's a construction joke. I mean, you ask a contractor that he, back in the day, you'd say, "How long would this take and a contractor had ah, two weeks?" Well, now they say four to six weeks. Now there's, there's no defined time of four to six weeks. We think Four weeks, 28 days, right? <laughs> no, 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 not in the construction world. Uh, it's just, you know, it's kind of like, you know, when, when the man asks God, he goes, God, w- what's, a, what's a million dollars like to you? He goes, it's just a penny. He goes, well, God, what's a million years to you? He says, it's just a second. And the guy goes, God, can I have a penny? He goes, just a second. So anyway, so right, if you go to your Bible, to Song of Solomon, that's where we're going to be. We're going to close out this series. I hope you've enjoyed this series and uh, it's been, a, it's been a, a great series. It's been a challenging series uh, because we're stepping in the area where the enemy has been, been, been messing around for a little while. Uh, most of our prayer requests lately have been about marriage. And so we decided, what did the Bible say about it? How do we get people kind of moving in the same direction and we've kind of stirred some things up. And so we've created a lot more work for ourselves by teaching the Bible. But ain't it fun when that happens, right? I mean, we could, we could not teach the Bible and, and let people continue on a way of brokenness. But when you, when you get in the word of God, the truth is what transforms us. Jesus said, you'll know the truth. The truth will set you free. And there's freedom that comes through the word of Christ. Faith grows by it. Lives are transformed. And, and there's, there's a beautiful thing when the Holy Spirit starts working with the word and transformation happens. And, and that can happen. Happen in relationships. That's been our prayer this whole series is that, that you will see that God has a way of doing things. matter of fact, Song of Solomon chapter one, verse two has been our theme for the entire series because she's speaking, the, the, the wife is speaking, the Shulamite maiden. She says, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth for your love is better than wine. So there's, there's, this, there's a something I get from your love that I can't get from anything else. And she's saying, your way, God, the way you do things is better. There's a blessing in it, and there's, there's just absolutely incredible things. And what she's saying to Solomon is the way you love is better than wine. It's because you've learned that. And that's what we've tried to do through this series and this journey through the Song of Solomon is to learn to love better, to learn to love God's way, to learn to look at relationships God's way. And that, 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 will, that will change us. And our hope through this is that, that you, you grow in God's way, you engage in God's way. And, and, and that's why we ask you to go along on this journey with us. And that's why we're gathering, that's why we're, we're speaking the, the word of God over you, and that's why we're encouraging you in these relationships. And as we've moved through this, we've talked about the attraction, the dating, the, the intimacy, uh, and God defines our intimacy, the world does not. God, God's word is the authority on that. And then conflict, I hope some of y'all fought well this week, because um, I know you, you had some issues, you know. I got enough emails that I know that some of y'all, were. but I hope you got some tools and another thing that we're doing to equip you is starting in May, we're doing an even more in-depth study of Song of Solomon, starting in May. So that'll be on campus. That'll be Thursday nights. We got room for you, man. Come, come and join in with that. And uh, we're going to go deeper into the, into the Song of Solomon. And that's going to take, I think, 12 weeks is what we're working at on that. Um, so now we're going to finish this series with lasting love. I mean, because you want to you start well, but you also want to finish well. My mom said something about relationships that I'll never forget. If it doesn't start well, it's probably not going to end well. And so what I, if you're single, listen, t- you should have a notebook full of notes. This is preventive ministry for you could, because you have the ability to set those boundaries and stand on the word of God and say, you know what? I'm going to start a relationship well. Because if you start it well, it's got a high chance of ending well. Maybe your relationship didn't start well, but let me tell you something. God is a transformational God. That even if it doesn't start well, God can inject his hope, his forgiveness, his grace and his plan if you'll submit to it and then he can let you finish well. And so that's what I want to look at. So Song of Solomon chapter 7, we're going to kind of skip through chapter 7 and chapter 8. So this is Solomon speaking. He says, how beautiful are your feet in sandals, O noble daughter. Now, that's not a compliment that I get down with because I think feet are nasty, I think it's just something, it's a disgusting thing. Like, I don't like seeing feet. I like wearing flip-flops. Matter of fact, I've gotten into this new fad called Crocs, and Heather hates it. Heather does not say your feet, she, she wouldn't say your feet look beautiful in Crocs. She would say, your, you look hideous in that. You can't wear that out of the house. I was like, I'll just wear it to the mailbox. You don't even need to go to the mailbox wearing those. Let those just be house shoes. You know, you can walk on the back deck with them, but not the front porch. I mean, just, you know. <laughs> But I just think feet are disgusting, man, and, and especially when toenails get all funky and they look like talons and everything. But what Solomon is saying here, <clears throat> your feet are beautiful in sandals, oh noble, noble daughter. Your rounded thighs are like jewels, the work of a master hand. Now, you got to be careful how you talk to your wife, okay? And what we see is there's been some time in the relationship. They've moved along. But what he's saying is, baby, even with the changes of getting older, <laughs> gravity, all of that thing. You are beautiful. And to me, see, when I was reading this, God, God struck me with something. There, there was a charge that, that, that God gave through the prophet Malachi, and he says, you've neglected the wife of your youth. And, and, and here's the thing. We can look at our, our men, we can look at our wife. Women, we can look at our husband through two lenses, through the lens of time and the changes that we don't like, that we wish they still looked this way and still did these things this way, or we can look through the lens of what God is shaping in each other. And let me tell you something that, that God just challenged me: the God of our youth, that smittenness, that that that. I mean, because I mean, the joke when and when I was going through premarital counseling was was just get ready because when she when you see her on the wedding day, when that door opens and she walks out in that dress, goes, you're gonna lose it. And, it, and she's going to be beautiful, pristine, and it goes downhill from there. Now, I, I don't believe that. I think ba- you have gotten better. I mean, you are hotter now than when we got married. And I, I'm more in love, and because there was a physical attraction, but we've grown an emotional connection and a spiritual connection. So those are the lenses. So listen, if you're looking back on, she ain't what she used to be, or, or, or you're looking at him going, you ain't what you was either. Uh, let me tell you something. Ask God to give you the lens to look at each other as the wife of my youth. Let me look at her and see that. That's what Solomon is doing. He's saying, how beautiful are your feet? You're, you're, just, you're beautiful, you're gorgeous. Listen, she was a woman who worked in a vineyard, right? She was made to work. So them feet, aint they're not, they're not pedicured feet, y'all. They're not shiny toenails, okay? There's gonna be some corns and calluses and things, that, bunions, and she's like, would you rub my feet? I don't wanna even look at your feet. But he's he's looking at her like you are still beautiful. You are still incredible to me. I appreciate all of you, even through changes. I, I I don't care if you if you look that way, but here's what you look like to me. And remember when I said the standard, she's my standard. I'm her standard. So We don't carry an insecurity of, well, what does he think when he sees another woman? I think she ain't got nothing on my wife. It doesn't matter. And Solomon's saying, I love all of you. So then, now now he's like excited because then let's go to verse 11 because he's like, let's go away. Let's go on a trip. Because, you know, you try... one of, the, one of the things when I do premarital counseling, and I, I, don't, I don't have the opportunity to do a lot of premarital counseling anymore. We have staff and we have a team for that. Um, otherwise, all of my time would be doing weddings and premarital counseling. But one of the, the, the bits of wisdom that I receive that I give in that is, is you need to budget for two trips a year. I, it doesn't matter if it's an overnight to the state park and pop a tent, but you got to plan for two trips a year. And especially when you got kids, a minimum of two trips, one with just you and her and one with the kids. You need a family vacation and you need a mom and dad vacation. And our kids hated that growing up. They would cry, why can't we go with you? We want to go. And this is what we told them. Mommy and daddy got to go away because <laughs> you're driving us nuts. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> We've got to go away because that time helps us to be the mom and dad that you need. Listen, that time away helps you reconnect and helps you be the man and woman, the husband and wife that God's called you to be. You gotta have those breaks. You gotta get out of the norm. You gotta get out of the flow. I love traveling with Heather. And Solomon liked traveling with his wife. In verse 11, he's like, baby, let's get out of here. Let us go out into the fields and lodge in the villages. Let's go. I wanna travel with you. Let's go out early to the vineyards and see whether the vines have budded, whether the great blossoms have opened and the pomegranates are in bloom, there I will give you my love. What he said, they're in the winter of their life. But he's saying there's still springtime moments, baby. I mean, we we, we get into the winter of our life. As we start getting older, we start thinking about, about different things than we did when we were younger. But he's saying, I can still create springtime moments with you. He's saying, we might be in a, a late, see, we might, we might have, listen, you might have been married 45 years, but you can still create honeymoon moments, y'all. You can still get to that level of love. And he says, that, I, that's why I'll give you love. and Listen, he, he's saying, I'm willing to put this in. Let's go on a trip. Let's, let's, let's discover each other again. Let's find that springtime moment. Because listen, for relationships to work, it takes work. Anything, anything in our life worthwhile takes work. And, and we've got to create those moments together. This morning we were, we were doing breakfast and, and uh, uh, my, a thing popped up on my phone and it was a memory of our trip from October when we went, we went to, to Mexico and we were like, we didn't get to take our 25th anniversary trip and our 25th anniversary last year because of COVID, you know, and we didn't get to take it in May because of COVID. And so finally, when we got free, man, we went in October. We're like, we got this baby. Anniversary trip is good. We were looking forward to it. And the picture that we at, like this was before the storm hit. Because if you don't know, we were in Mexico when, when Tropical Storm Gamma came through. And then a couple of days later, Hurricane Delta rolled through. Did a number on our vacation, y'all. And that picture, she smiled. I was like, that's before it all hit the fan, baby. <laughs> and so, but we, here's what we did we sat there and we thumbed through all the pictures, reminiscing of the trip, creating moments together. We're looking back. We, we didn't go back and look at our wedding pictures, which I, here's an ironic thing we don't have any wedding pictures, we never ordered them. But, uh, <laughs> you know, when you get married, there's this whole thing called money. Yeah. Do you want to get pictures of each other or do you want to eat dinner, right? <laughs> I'll go for dinner. But uh, so we, we've got a couple, but they're not like, we don't have like wedding albums and stuff like that, you know? And so, but we're, we're not looking back at that going, why can't we be like that? We're looking at the moments that we create in life together. And Solomon's like, let's, let's go, baby. And it takes work. There's two things I noticed that aren't mentioned here. Kids and Jobs. I mean, they, they, they don't say, hey, we got to find something to do with the kids or if I can get away from work or they, didn't, they don't spend their vacations talking. He said, let's go out to the vineyards and see what's blooming. Let's see what's budding. They, listen, what, what we got to learn from here is this, is, is that, that they gave the best to each other. A tendency when we get married, husbands and wives, is is, is a fork in the road that happens, and it's a a, a dangerous thing, and you got to be on guard with this, because a tendency is for the guy to go, I got to go pursue the job, and she's like, well, he's not paying attention to me. Let's have a kid. You know, a kid is not going to fix a marriage, y'all. So... The tendency would be for her to pour into his kids. This is a thing, this is a result of the fall. It's not just, it's not just something with him, ladies. It's not just something with her, man. It's a result of the fall. It's the men's gonna toil in the work and and she's gonna, she's gonna seek after her man, and he's not gonna show her that attention, that affection. So what happens is 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 you get you get into this cycle where where for around you know 18 years, you've got him pursuing the job and her pursuing the kids. Kid goes to college, they look at each other and go, I don't know you. We haven't created any moments together. See ya. When I was in youth ministry, that happened every fall. And they gave their best to each other. Had they I have been through some hard stuff in marriage and with our family. But we say this, it's you and me. We, we had to come to the conclusions. Our kid may be making decisions that destroy their life, but it's not destroying us. Before them is you. I mean, we made hard decisions about jobs. We made hard decisions about our family. But listen, we've always said it's you and I, because when the kids move out, we get each other again. And I, I, I what we have now is better than what we had then. And that's because God, thank you for letting God do this in, in me and in you, and thank you for pushing me towards that. I, I love you. Um, so then... Then in chapter 8, verse 5, they're on this trip, and then um, this, in, in, in the ESV, it doesn't say this, but other translation, the first part of verse 5 is the chorus, which is the friends, the other people that are speaking, and they say, who is that coming up from the wilderness, leaning on her beloved? What they're saying is, you even look different. There's something about you. And listen, you're going to see in a minute that that chorus, they knew her, and they knew Solomon and they've seen them grow, and they've seen God do an incredible thing. They're saying there's something that's, that's tangible about the way you let God move in you and the way you love each other. There is something, there's a difference, and people need to see that God is at work in you. People need to see that your marriage has something different than the world has this idea of marriage. They need, to, they need to see that. They, need to, they notice that. We don't go around saying it. She didn't walk up going, I got something you don't got. No, they're just walking in love. And people go, that couple loves each other. There's something about, the way you love is better than wine. I can't find that feeling anywhere else outside of God's love. And, and, and so then she says, Under the apple tree, I awakened you. There your mother was in labor with you. There she bore you. There she who bore you was in labor. What what, what she is saying is that God has always had you for me. And God has always had me for you. And then she goes on, set me as a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm, for love is as strong as death, jealousy is fierce as the grave, it, fla- it flashes are fire, the very flame of the Lord. What she's saying, the seal of, it's, it's an ownership. It's just like when we give our life to Christ, we're sealed by the Holy Spirit. He seals our heart for the day of redemption and says, you are mine. And it's an ownership. And listen, you don't own your wife. You don't own your husband. But what she's saying is, is I come into this relationship wholeheartedly as if you own every part of me. And what, that's where we get, when she says it's as strong as death, that's where we get in the marriage vows, till death do us part. She said, the only thing that can take us apart is when I stop breathing, And then she goes on, and this is going to be a crude uh, interpretation, but it's what she's saying. It's flashes or flashes of fire, the very flame of the Lord. What she's saying is, may I go to hell if I ever let anything come between us. This bond of love is so strong. If, If I let anything happen to us, let the flames come to me. And what she's saying, lasting love, lasting love is permanent. See, when a covenant was made in the Old Testament, here's how it was made, very crudely. I'll explain it. An animal that was going to be sacrificed was cut in two. And the head end was placed on one side and the tail end was placed on the other. And the blood was spread in between. And the two people making the covenant would walk between it. And they say, if I break this covenant, let it be unto me as this animal I've just passed over the blood of. That's what she's saying. I'm committed to this. It's permanent for us. When I said I do, I meant I do. And listen, if you've been through divorce or you've been through hurt, remember the rule of the series listen, looking forward, because God can make all things new. And hear me on this. We cannot throw out godly principles and the promises of God because of our past hurt. God is faithful. He shows us the permanence in his lasting love and makes all things new. And I will say this, do not ever go into marriage with an owl. Well, I'll walk down the aisle and see how it goes. I don't look at it that way. There's a story I want to share, but I can't because, I, you, yeah, it'll change your opinion of me. And it, it just, I don't have to anyway. Thank you, God, for not, thank you, thank you, thank you. I could have really just made a whole mess of some things. But take take divorce off the table. Remember, it's a seal. When I stood before the presence of God, holding my wife's hand before our pastor and making that covenant with me, I'm making that covenant. And I said, till death do us part. The only thing that can get me away from her is when God takes me home. I mean, we've even said, if she leaves me, I'm going with her. And she's like, Ditto. Because she's like, you know all the passwords. But <laughs> it's permanent. Verse 7, she says, Many waters cannot quench love, neither can floods drown it. Neither can floods stop the church from going forward either. Praise God. Um, if a man offered for love all the wealth of his house, he would be utterly despised. What, what, what's happening here is saying, no matter what comes at us, it won't take us out. Come hell or high water, We're in this together, and I would never consider someone taking you from me. I won't stand for it. Nothing will come against our love, not jobs, not kids, not storms, not fights, nothing. Because all of those things, if we don't set that priority right, then all of those things will start pulling at the fabric of our commitment and our covenant and kids can quickly get in the way. Let me let me say this. Uh, this. This one will be tough to say. But even in later marriages, if you if you if you're in your second marriage, your third marriage, and there's kids involved, he is still a priority over the kids. She is still a priority over your kids. That that's how God's designed it. Why? Because God's creating in you a covenant that the kids need to see the priority in, so the kids can see the value of the covenant that God has for marriage. Okay, whew, that was tough. Because lasting love is persevering, nothing stands between us. When the going gets tough, we don't get gone. We say, I'm I'm here, I'm committed. When it gets tough, we press in and go to work. Listen, there's no need for commitment in our marriages or in our relationships when things are going good. You ever thought about that? I mean, things are good. There's no need for commitment. You need commitment when it gets tough. That vacation photo, we didn't know the storm was coming. We're like, this vacation is good. We don't have to think, we're on vacation. We can turn our minds off. 24 hours later, we're having to to figure out a plan. So, so <laughs> we needed commitment. We've got to have commitment because when the, when the time comes, she needs to hear, he needs to hear. They need to know, this is tough, but I'm not going anywhere. This is, how, I don't like the situation, but I love you, and I'm not going anywhere. I'm here. We're here. Let's deal with it. Let's figure it out. And then then we see in verse 8 this chorus. The others are speaking. They say this. and We're getting an insight on who they are. We have a little sister, and she has no breasts. What shall we do for our sister on the day when she is spoken for? What they're saying is is they have known her since she was a young child. And, And what shall we do? So their family, what shall we do for our sister on the day she's spoken for? That's the marriage. You get an insight. This is the brothers who made her work, the stepbrothers who made her work the vineyard in chapter one. We've known her since she was a little girl, we've seen her mature. And we're going to take responsibility for her. We are going to watch out for her until the day she is spoken for, until the day that she is married. What they're saying is, we'll be responsible for her until she gets married. I don't know where parents are in this, but the brothers are stepping in and saying, we're gonna take responsibility. And then in verse nine, they say of this, if she's a wall, we will build on her a battlement of silver. But if she's a door, we will enclose her with boards of cedar. What they're saying is, the reference in a, in a wall and a door is this. If the wall, if she sets boundaries for her life, then we will honor her. But if she's a door, if she has no standards, we will create the standards for her because they had a responsibility for her until the day she's spoken for. What they're doing is they're creating safety for her to prepare her for marriage. And we need safe people. We need safety in a relationship because lasting love is protective. Heather has my back, and I got hers. And we have that safety in our relationship that we're protecting each other. We, we use this app. We use this when our kids were younger um, called, uh, uh, what is it, uh, Live 360. And we still use that. And some of you go, well, that's just restrictive. No, that's protective. Because let me tell you something. If Heather says I'm gonna be home by this time, uh, she, she, she's not late. She is, she is a punctual person. I'm looking at where she at. That's not restrictive. That's because I love her. I'm protective. I was coming home from the ranch a couple weeks ago, and we had a dinner. I, I did a thing where I had to run down in one day and pick something up and get back. That was an eight-hour drive. She said, we got a dinner this night. I'll be back, I'll be back, I'll be back. So I drove down. I drove from here to San Angelo and I had lunch with Heather's parents because I, I don't get to see them. I hadn't seen Heather's mom in over a year. And so I go down, and have lunch with them and I stop on the way back to pick up what I needed and I'm coming home and I'm in this little town called Coleman, Texas. Middle of nowhere, okay? And she calls. And she says, I see where you're at. <laughs> I said, uh-huh, I'm in Coleman. She goes, This says it's gonna take you this long to get home. We got that dinner tonight. I'm like, baby, I will make it. I will make it. If this this truck gotta grow wings, I will make it. And I made it. I made it, baby. Because I she's she's being protective. She wasn't, you know, she wasn't calling to get on me. She was just saying, look, we're committed to this. We're committed. And I didn't know why. I was like, why? I didn't say this, but I'm like, why is she making such a big deal of this? And I realized it was a surprise birthday party for me. I was like, oh, "That would be bad if I'm late to the party." I guess if you got a surprise birthday party, you don't want to be the first one there because like, what are we all here for? For you, say surprise when you walk in. Anyway, <laughs> lasting love is protective. We, you need safe people around you. You need people that know your blind spots. You need people that are willing to look out for you and not because of anything that this, they love you and they want the best for you that they're willing to step in. Listen, I've got people, when I wanna quit, I've got people that are safe that I can call and they infuse me with courage. You need that in your life. And listen, you've got to have them so when you get into a relationship, you got somebody speaking safety over you. We'll, if you Listen, if you're not gonna have boundaries, we're gonna set them for you. If you're gonna go in with boundaries, we're gonna honor you with those boundaries because lasting love is what God wants for our life and that lasting love is, is perfect. It is protection and, and, and we love that and we need that. And then she speaks, she says, I was a wall. And they're like, yeah, baby. I was a wall and my breasts were like towers. That means they, they, they were remote. you You can't get to them. They're off limits. I had boundaries for myself. I was a wall. And then she says, then I was in his eyes as one who finds peace. That literally translates shalom. What she's saying is, because of my boundaries, I'm brought. Solomon, peace, a peace that goes beyond situation, a lasting peace. And listen, Heather and I have peace in our relationship. We don't have perfection. We got issues. I got issues. She's got issues. I got a lot more than she got, but we got issues. But listen, we have peace. And and doing relationships God's way invites peace into that relationship even in the storms, because lasting love is peaceful. Our home is a sanctuary. Our marriage is a place of peace. Look, I, I deal with this, she deals with this, you do, we all deal with chaos, conflict, struggle, And strife everywhere. But in our home, we've made the declaration I got you, babe. You got me, babe. And this will be a house built on God's way. And this house will be a house of peace. Not a peace that we manufacture, but a peace that comes from God because God's way is better. God's way is peaceful. God's way is not restrictive. God brings that peace. And listen, we all need this. We all need this peace. That's why I invite you into this journey with us. That's why we do this thing called the church. is so we can walk along with each other to have safe people to pour into our relationships that we can get around people who know our blind spots and we can get honest with. To say, I need God's peace at work in my life. I need God's peace in my relationship. I need God's peace in my my marriage and in my home. I need my home to be a place of peace. That's why we work so hard for this to be a place of peace. So you can come in and experience the word of God, encounter the presence of God, and taste and see that God is good and take that into your own home. And I invite you into that journey. That's why we do the journey track. That's why we do everything we do. So we can invite you into this way of doing relationships. And Solomon says it this way. Let me close it out. Solomon says in verse 11, <laughs> this is fun. Solomon had a vineyard at Baalhamon. He let out the vineyard to keepers. Each one was to bring for its, for its fruit a thousand pieces of silver. The vineyard in chapter one that she was forced to work in, the owner was Solomon. And she says, my vineyard, my very own is before you, O Solomon. May have the thousand and the keepers of the fruit, 200. What she's saying is, I despised having to work in this vineyard because it caused me to neglect some things. I despised it. But what she's saying here is what I despised, I now appreciate. Some of y'all grew up where your parents had boundaries on your life when you stood at that altar to look at your husband or your wife, you could say, I appreciate those boundaries because I have something to give you love. Some of you look at God's word and God's ways as a boundary full of restriction. What God is trying to do, you may despise those boundaries, but when God brings you to a place of fulfillment, you appreciate that. There's times in my life, God, why did you shut that down in my life? It's because I stand at this place in faithfulness that I I can honor God and I can honor my relationship and say thank you God for setting those boundaries. And I'm inviting you to, to look past. I'm inviting you to look past. God is a restrictive God and God is a loving God and God is a peaceful God and we can honor people the way she's honoring, she's honoring her brothers. Thank you. Some of y'all need to honor your parents. Thank you for, you seem strict. But I had something to give her when I stood at the altar. And the book ends this way. The song ends this way. He says, oh, you who dwell in the gardens with companions listening to your voice, let me hear it. what does he say? He's texting her. I'm sitting in this meeting, but I'm thinking about you. And look at what she says. You can see it right there. Make haste. You might be thinking about me, but tell you what, baby, why don't you leave that meeting? Leave leave that meeting right now. And you know what? Hurry up. Because I still love you. And I love it. What you you see here, the end of the song, we still got it. We still got it. Why? Because they followed God's way. And when we follow God's way, We can enjoy everything he has for us in his due season and in his time. And God has something beautiful for you. I wanna close with these two thoughts. First one is this. Love is a choice we make every day. Love isn't a feeling. Love has feelings, but love is a choice that we make every day. And you've gotta choose to make that, that choice every day. Heather, she chooses to be patient with me when I'm going through my stuff. She makes a choice to be understanding when I'm, when, I'm, when I'm having a hard time deciphering what's going on around me. She chooses that, and love is deeper when we don't feel like doing it, right? she's patient with me. She love is a choice. Colossians 4 says, "You choose to put on, above all these virtues, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, in unity but you gotta choose to put it on. You gotta choose to let love guide us. Put on that kind of love. That's God's transformative love. And the other closing thought is this, being loved gives capacity to love. How do I know that? Because 1 John 4.19 tells us this, we love because he first loved us. The capacity to love In a way, God calls us to love is to let his love pour into us and so transform us. And I wanna invite you into that relationship to put on that kind of love, to give that kind of love. Father, we thank you for love. And God, I'm asking you right now to move on hearts, to transform them. I'm asking you right now for that moment for married couples to to hold each other's hand And ask each other for a fresh start. So I I know we've had trials. I know we've had issues in the past. And I know know I've had things and, and you've had things. But I'm asking you, honey, for a fresh start. God, I'm asking you to give married couples the courage to reach out to you to say, let's do this like God's way. Let's do this like Jesus would approach this. Let's do this. Let's put on that kind of love. God, I'm asking you to bring healing into broken relationships. I'm asking you to bring strength through your word and your Holy Spirit, strength to to help forgive pasts. I'm asking you to forgive our past and guide our future. I'm asking you to unleash love and forgiveness in marriages like it's never been unleashed before. And I'm asking for you to start to that call into that relationship with you. And li- listen to me, listen to me. Jesus loved you enough to do what was needed for, to receive forgiveness. He did what was needed so you can be forgiven, so you can be saved, and you can be transformed. And he wants to make you new. And he wants to let a work begin in you that works in you and through you to the world around you. But it starts with you. It starts with you finally coming to that moment to say, God, I need that kind of love in my life. And Jesus, I believe that you died for me. I believe you did everything needed so that I could experience this kind of love. You love me in a way that is unimaginable. And I wanna receive that to love others in a way that is unimaginable. And if you're ready for that, I just want you to pray this with me. It's your heart coming before the presence of God. And I just want you to say this in the quietness of your moment. Just say, Jesus, I need your love. Jesus, I receive your love. And I ask you to forgive me of my past. And I ask you to guide me into the future that you have a promise for me in. I wanna do relationships your way. And I want it to start with my relationship with you, Jesus. And I ask you to forgive me and save me and set me on a new life. I come to you broken to receive your reconciliation. I'm asking you to help me do life your way. If that's your prayer, I just wanna say this. Welcome to the family. We love you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this message from the Creek Church. We invite you to listen to other messages on this podcast, or if you have any questions, you can email us at infothecreekfw.com. At